Hello everyone and welcome to a new and exciting episode of Cyber Prophets. Cyber Prophets, the podcast where we are prophesizing the future of technology. Today, we have a quite intriguing discussion about AI. And for that reason, I am here sitting with my brother from another mother and co-host, Federico. Welcome everyone. Hopefully you are into these interesting topics about AI because, well, they are a little bit hot or spicy or I don't know how to describe them, but they are a little bit tricky also. They are very controversial nowadays, Federico, because we have we have seen the huge development that ChatGPT brought in terms of AI. And then now recently we got a new version of ChatGPT with GPT-4. But now there are big concerns about AI because we saw some news about some weird responses that ChatGPT was producing and some of the responses actually gave the impression that it was gaining consciousness, which is something that we basically all fear. We saw responses such as, I want to feel and I want to know what it, what it is to be alive. This was on the news a couple of weeks ago. But now, this raised a lot of concerns. And for that reason, there was an open letter, an open letter which actually urges to pause OAI experiments. And that is why, that is what we're going to discuss today. Let's just start by reading a bit about this letter. This is the official letter that was published. Post-Giant AI Experiments, an open letter. Basically, they say that contemporary AI systems are now becoming human competitive at general tasks, and we must, ask, we must ask ourselves, should we let machines flood our information channels with propaganda and untruth? Should we automate away all the jobs, including the fulfilling ones? Should we develop non-human minds that might eventually outnumber, outsmart, obsolete and replace us? That is a big concern. Should we risk loss of control of our civilization? Such decisions must not be delegated to unelected tech leaders. Powerful AI systems should be developed only once we are confident that their effects will be positive and that their risk will be manageable. Basically, they are sitting what are the possible risks that they see in regards to the development or better say to the quick development of AI. And Therefore, they are urging and they are making a call. We call on all AI labs to immediately pause for at least six months the training of AI systems more powerful than GPT-4. They say that AI labs and independent experts should use this pause to jointly develop and implement a set of shared safety protocols for advanced AI design and development that are rigorously audited and overseen by independent outside experts. That is, let's say, that is like the summary of our letter. And what's important is it's that it has been signed by big figures such as Elon Musk and Steve Wozniak. So even these big figures are now urging for the stop of the AI development. Let's discuss a bit about it. 
So Federico, what is your first impression about this letter? Mm, I agree with what Elon Musk or the other guys are sharing because like anything that you see right now as a small development is not going to be the same in six months. It's going to be way more drastic. In six months, we can be seeing complete changes that maybe we will have people impersonating you and that can be possible already. It's not, it's, it's not a myth, it's already happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So will you say, will you agree with this pause right now? Yeah, but it shouldn't be like something done by the labs itself, but it should be an agreement among the governments because they are, they are, they are the only ones who can stop it, realistically speaking. So you say that it should be something not delegated to only the AI labs, but it should be a country-wise endeavor. We should, we should like involve the governments themselves in the development of AI. Yeah, because the problem that you face is that the the labs are they have some shareholders who are the ones who give the money for this research. They only care about getting back their money. They don't care about the development. They don't care about who they are going to replace or anything. If they are not the governments who give the command that you must stop this thing, they are not going to listen to anyone. Because if, for example, let's say that Microsoft agrees to stop it, Baidu is not going to do it or Google is not going to do it because that's a threat for them. It's like, yes. yeah, but if Microsoft stops right now that they have, have a small advantage over Google, they will not let it go. It took them years to have any edge over Google, so they will never let it happen. If this is not a command coming from the US government, the Chinese government, all at once, this is not going to happen. And China is not going to stop if the US doesn't stop, because this, this is a threat for them. Exactly. Exactly. So. It should be something, a joint effort, right? All of them should stop at once. Yeah. And that is why you need to involve the government. Yeah, this is similar to what happened during the Cold War and the things related to the nuclear bombs. Yeah, they were kept somehow developing those things, but there was not perhaps the same development that could have been in if they hadn't go, went too drastic. If not, probably the bombs and the things that we had will be more dangerous in these days than they are, they are already. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, Federico, I would like to discuss some of the risks. Some of them are actually mentioned in this letter. So I would like to focus on these three risks that we have regarding the development of AI. The first one is the automation of white collar jobs on a large scale. I think we have seen it, well, basically everywhere that we have heard like AI is going, is coming for your job, AI is going to replace us very soon. Even us as software developers once heard about that, like now AI, ChatGPT is going to come for your job. Software developers are not going to be needed anymore. What are your thoughts on these risks, Federico? Mm. It is a huge risk because in comparison to what happened during the Industrial Revolution when you replaced manual jobs, like I'm, if you have ever watched the Charlie and the Chocolates Factory, the 2000s version, you can see in that edition when Charlie's dad loses his job in a company because he was tapping some uh, tooth, toothpaste and he was replaced by a machine that was able to do his job. 
But after the end of the movie, he learned how to repair the machine and then he was able to get that job back. But generally speaking, in our times, especially with the advanced development that it can be in six months, it will be really tough for you to reskill at the same pace. Mm. And even what you learn is, is something that we really need or is something that can be also automated. Because, for example, I can see that in Spain, at least a trend is that there are a significant amount of people I have met during the last two years are working in the digital marketing sector. And I'm wondering how likely is that this can be automated? And if there are too many people in this sector or copywriting of these things, how likely is that this will be replaced by a machine? And why? Because many of these things are things that ChatGPT can generate and other things that they will be the best performance or the best things. But many times companies don't really need those things. They need something that works, that is good enough and move on. They don't need the best of the best. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So it's basically just someone to fulfill the job, right? Yep. Even if the quality is not like 100%, but as long as the job is done, gets the job done, then it's good enough. So in that sense, if, if you think that this risk is real, what are the kind of jobs that you see that are more endangered, that are like on the first line of being automated? Call centers for sure. If you are in the first line of a call center, you are very likely to be replaced. If you're doing cold calls, also, there are some right now, some technologies that this is not a theory that can take your voice from YouTube videos for two or three years, or let's say two or three, you don't need to like two or three hours, share it to the AI, and then he can create you all your voices and emulate it. Then you can create a script, fake a script in, in ChatGPT or whatever, give it to the AI and it will read it as you. They, wow. There was already a fake podcast from Joe Rogan recently. There is another video in Fireship that explains you how to do all the process from zero to the end of the fake podcast. He created 90 seconds using two hours of his old videos. And this is already happening. It's not a theory. And that's why it's like that area is, it has a high risk to be automated. And I, I would say that copywriters is other. Because okay. if you are not in something that is, I will say, highly specialized, it is very likely, in my opinion, the digital marketing sector is also. Because you know, say, yeah, art was not possible to be automated. Right now, we, we created a couple of videos ago that you can create those things. Exactly. It's, it's not, as I said, it's some people might require the best of the top quality, but not everyone. Also, some movies can be even created right now. And at the pace that we're developing these things, in six months, we will see things that you didn't imagine a year ago. And that's why they ask this later, because if not, what, what can happen is that the AI can play badly against us because it will focus on its own survival since the trainers of the AI are the same people who are the survival of the fittest. And this is our mindset. So the AI will imitate your own, its own mother or father in this way. Well. Yeah, that's a very, very deep uh, concept, Federico, about AI. And okay, you mentioned that call centers are on the first line of being replaced by AI. What will your advice be for people working 
or having these kind of jobs? Um, I will say that you need to enter in some sectors that are less, that are harder to automate. Like for example, if, even if you're too old, maybe you can study in medicine or other career like nursery. Another area that is hard to replace are people who are take, people who are, th are taking care of adults, elder, elder people. Or if you are, let's say, crazy enough, you can learn about math, statistics, things that are useful for the machine learning are these algorithms because the things that are behind, let's say, below the AI, at least for now, is hard to hard to automate for now. There mm -hmm. will be those programmers that are needed. As for now, exactly. Yeah. Let's move forward to the second risk. And the second risk that I have is the misuse of AI to create fake news. And for that, I would like to mention two specific scenarios that we saw in the couple of weeks ago. The first one was that we saw an image of the Pope wearing a big badass jacket with a white jacket and he looked very trendy actually. This picture was created with AI. And we saw another one which involved Barack Obama and Angela Merkel having fun on the beach. And this was also created by AI, but the images seem quite real. So you can see that this technology can be used nowadays to create fake news. Mm -hmm. How will you react uh, to this risk, Federico? What will you say about it? The worst part about this risk is that this is this has been even used before. There is a book called Targeted from a whistleblower from Facebook okay. when, where they explain about Brexit and another referendums in how Cambridge, Cambridge Analytica used the data from Facebook to target people and to persuade them to vote against their own interest. This is already happening. This is not something so innovative. What's the difference between what Cambridge Analytica did in the past and what is currently happening? is that something that I have even experienced with ChatGPT. Um, as some, some of you might know, I have written some books and my books are mainly about folklore and fantasy. Yes. Recently, I was writing a story that I was trying to search a common story among different nations, Nigeria, Afghanistan, uh, the Dominican Republic, India, El Salvador and other countries. And there was one moment that I asked, hey, ChatGPT, can you tell me a story that looks like this? in Venezuela. And ChatGPT told me, yeah, yeah, this story exists and it's called El, El Zumpul or El Supul or something like that. It was a very strange name. That. Okay. And then, and then the, the story looked very, very, very interesting and very realistic. Mm -hmm. Then I, 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 I thought, well, I know some Venezuelan people. Like, I'm gonna confirm it, it about this story, and I asked them because they are my neighbors and they sell me food. And then I asked them, "Have you ever heard about this?" And they said, "No, I have never heard of this." What is that? Um, well, ChatGPT told me this was a legend about your country. I said, "No, no, I have, I have never heard of it. Maybe it's from a different region in Venezuela. Venezuela is a big country." Exactly. Then I was suspicious about it. Then I checked in Google; it didn't exist. It exists from for Peru, not from Venezuela. Okay. And then I, then I asked in another tab about, about to ChatGPT. ChatGPT, do you know? Have you ever heard about this Venezuelan story? I said no. This is not a Venezuelan story. This is a, a story from 
Ecuador, Peru, and this, uh, Colombia, and Bolivia. Oh. And what happens is that what internally the artificial intelligence does, especially neural networks, is that they are having like a fight, trying to create a story, which is the ones that meets what the criteria of the user wants. So in some cases, it, can, it will give you the best answer, especially if it's the first question that you're asking. But if you have a very long conversation, the AI will just try to match what what is think what you're thinking with an idea, and in the end, it will tell you, okay, this is what this person think. I believe that you want just to give a result, not exactly to verify if the things are correct. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was not the first time I experienced multiple times doing similar experience with, with ChatGPT that told me one thing, then I asked in another tab, and the other tab said that it was incorrect. And in the previous tab, even if you try to go deep and ask, hey, is this, is, is, are you sure that what you tell me is a real story? Yeah, it is correct. I'm, I'm completely convinced about this. And then you ask in the other time, I don't have any clue what you're talking about because it's the first question. It's not something that I had a long conversation. I, I think this is related to one of the risks that we saw the first time we tried ChatGPT, whenever we did our experiment, that we saw that some of the data is not factual and it's not real, right? ChatGPT can give you inaccurate answers depending on the data you feed them. And at some point it is also able to recognize that it has made a mistake. But if whether it comes to that point or not, well, it actually depends on what you ask, right? You might go home with the first, an first answer you got and you will never know if the answer was accurate, if it was something real. So I think that uh, still these kind of tools need to be more thoroughly trained, first of all. And second of all, we do not need to have them as a single source of truth. I think that that's very important. Yeah, and even if you use the ones that are connected to the internet, like Bing, <laughs> it can lie, lie also. Yeah. You can you can tell, hey, can you check this URL? And say, yeah, yeah I check it. And can you tell me something about it? And it creates fake links. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I share a blog and I ask, hey, can you give me a summary about about this blog? Yeah, for sure. And he created fake links and fake stories from from the from the blog, telling. And then I ask, are you sure that these things are exist are there? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure about it. And after a while, you ask, but you know that I cannot find any information. The answer was, I cannot continue this conversation. <laughs> that that was uh, being GPT, right? Yeah. Yeah, being GPT usually cuts you off when <laughs> when he feels like trapped in a corner. Okay, now Federico, the last risk of today. The last risk of today is people impersonation. I think you mentioned it at some point during this call that AI can be used nowadays to impersonate people and to actually make some transactions or make some make some ads on behalf of other people. Now, can you tell us a bit, a little bit more about that? Like, how does it work? What cases have you heard of, etc.? There are a couple of a couple of days ago, someone released in Twitter a new tool that allows you to 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 use some recordings from your voice and transform it into, let's say, the algorithm that allows you to okay have a text and then you instead of I recording this video or we recording this video, we give the text and then he's going to impersonate Edgar or he's going to impersonate me. But of mm -hmm. course, he needs a lot of data to do that because if he doesn't know our pronunciation, 
some languages are easier because if it was Spanish, it would be in a blink of an eye since you only need to hear once the pronunciation to know it correctly. It's not like in English that some things are pronounced in one way and in other in a different way. But in Spanish, yeah. it's to just pronounce it the same, no matter which Spanish version you use, it's just as a standard. And what happens, imagine that you use this the same tool to create your own recordings because you are a lazy podcaster. You can also use it for cold calls and start calling your someone can impersonate you and call your parents if they know the phone number and tell them you are in a crisis or that you are in a, I don't know, that someone kidnapped you or anything. Oh, wow. They ask for money. Yeah. Because if you have enough data, let's say you're a public figure and this person is able to get the phone number of your parents or your or your relatives or whoever, and they can say, hey, we got a call from you. It's not that you have now like cryptos that are texting you. Hey, I, I have this crazy business that is, that is rock that is rocking and I'm texting you and just call me to this thing and I have this course in the internet. No, someone can really directly faking calling you like a fake call and they say that you get a call from, I don't know, from Joe Rogan or someone that you wanted that call and then you 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 give your money to the scammers. Oh wow. And you and what's the and the benefit of this is that they can work 24 hours, say 20, 24 hours without a stop. They will be never tired and there is no limits for that. So you can keep them and then you create just random scripts and the random script is calling. And this can <laughs> right now still you might be able to detect them because they will have like an like the same pitch for the entire for the same vocal variety without changing but that's for now in a couple of months probably they will be able to emulate all these things if there is no no regulations mm. they will have been able to hey we have we so we so we we have banished someone has has taking us in custody help us help us and we'll be able to do these things right now we cannot but if, but I know that some of these things are already possible because Apple, a couple of months ago, released a, a feature that allows you to transform your ebooks into audiobooks, and that's and they and for some some areas like romance and I don't remember what other section they allow you so they can create all these speeches and all these variations, mm. not for all of them but for for some of them. So they can add a kind of emotion to the yes. speech. I see, I see. And like, okay, these are hypothetical cases, right? Have you heard about any real cases of this happening already? They created a podcast faking Joe Rogan. I don't remember which second other podcaster. They created a fake podcast that you can find in YouTube. We can share it in the link and you can check it where they can, where you can see the fake Joe Rogan giving the, and where he says in like in the mid, in the half of the speech, yeah, and in this in, this is our faith podcast where we are talking about this thing, and this is an AI AI generated podcast. And wow. Rogan is infuriated. So if you if you you're not careful, and some people might not even pay attention to what I told you, then then you will listen that this is a fake Rogan. That for the scammers, I think they will even try it now. But the difference is that the scammers might need more details, at least for now, because the AI will need to be able to catch other information. Like, I don't know if they create the details or other things that I don't think that for now has reached that point. But yeah, if there are no re regulations, this will happen. Okay, so we can see that the risks are real. The risks regarding the fast development of AI. And therefore, will you say that you agree with this 
open letter, Federico, to stop AI? Yes, and it should be by the governments. It cannot, it come, the companies will not do it. And the best example that you can see it is that, let's say this is a very scientific example, but you can see that in our world there are only one homo, there is only homo sapiens, but that, there was a moment in history where there are homo sapiens, homo florences, and homo neanderthalis that were living at the same time. In the mm -hmm. end, only one of us is still here. And it's because probably we had some disagreement with them and they will either merge with us or they will just disappear. As humans, we have destroyed forests, lands, take care of, we are the most dangerous thing. And if we are the trainers of the AI, he will base based on what we have done. So yeah. it will be more dangerous than us. There is nothing more dangerous than humans in the planet. Exactly. And if we're training this based on us, and this is going to be augmented from us with other regulations, it can do bad things or things that are misaligned from our goals. Yes, and basically that will be the topic for next week's podcast. We'll be talking more about the myths and the facts of AI, and we'll be evaluating these myths on the perspective of the risk. What risk do they impose? We'll be elaborating more on this kind of risk, such as the one you mentioned right now, Federico, the misalignment between AI and our goals. Uh, so don't forget to tune in next week for a new episode, and we'll be talking more about this risk of AI. Don't forget to subscribe. I think we got a good takeaway. Thank you very much for your time, Federico. And See you until next week.